It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans and baseball fans alike? Welcome in to the very first YouTube episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. Today, we're going to recap the Reds and Twins. We're going to talk about this, this series and how it was a little bit disappointed. We're going to dive into the pitching problems for the Cincinnati Reds and a couple of solutions that I have. And we're going to end on some positive vibes. That's all here on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get going. It's the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are awesome because you are joining me here on the very first YouTube episode for the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you for finding this podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. I've got content for you each and every day about the Cincinnati Reds team that is going to continue to fight and be interesting and be in the race for the NL Central. All season long, I've got this addiction for the Reds and I'm turning it into information for you. If you're listening on the podcast too, make sure that you're following the podcast on whatever provider you're currently listening to. Also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone for questions, comments, reactions, whatever you've got. 513-549-549. 0159. We've got a lot to get to today. We are going to talk about this series, this two-game series that the Reds and Twins just split. It's kind of a disappointment because the Reds started the road trip with such promise, sweeping the Brewers in three games in Miller, I'm sorry, not Miller, American Family Field up in Milwaukee. And then they got swept by the Padres in four especially after that Thursday night game that really seemed to be the sort of game that you'll look back on in September and October whenever the Reds are either in it or out of it and be like, boy, this was a seminal moment in the Reds' season. That was a tough loss to take. How did they respond? They got swept by the Padres, and then they lost the first game to the Twins, so they followed up a six-game win streak with a five-game losing streak. You don't want to do that too much or else you're not going to find yourself at the top of the NL Central. A big blame in this one goes to the bullpen. The fact that they lost that first game was all on Sean Doolittle and his flat 91-mile-an-hour fastball that he throws right down the middle. We're going to talk more about Sean, though, here in a little bit because he gave up those two runs and the Reds were unable to hold the lead that they built in the top of the 10th inning on Monday. And they got that loss. There was a lot going on in that game that really didn't sit well with me. A lot of mental errors, a lot of base running gaffes. Now, the one that Jonathan India had where he tried to leg a single into a double and he slid past second base, that was just, he was hustling and he hustled maybe a little bit too much and he got tagged out for it. But the, the not calling time play by Art Warren, that was weird. 
because Art Warren has looked pretty solid in his first handful of appearances for the Reds out of the bullpen. He's part of that Louisville Calvary, as I like to call it, because he, he's he's up and he's down and he's in the major leagues and he's in Louisville, but he has pitched pretty well in his first handful of appearances. And then he pitched today on Tuesday and it just, that wasn't good at all. So you kind of wonder where his head is at. That play, although, was a systemic failure by the Reds. Monday night, they slept walk through that game. They slept off for five and a half hours, which was amazing. That was like the longest game, I think, of the Major League season that was a regulation game. Heck, it might even be for games that went into extras. But overall, just disappointing to see them split this series. They needed to take both. The Twins are not good. They came into this series 11 games under 500, and the Reds were at 500 at 35 and 35. They come out 36 and 36. And you look at the bigger picture and where this Reds team is at. Maybe this win on Tuesday gets them over the hump that was the Thursday night game that got compounded on Monday night with the way that that game went. And you looked at both of those games thinking, oh my gosh, are these the straws that will break that camel's back? The idea of the Reds contending in 2021? Hopefully not, but they've got the Braves coming into town for four beginning on Thursday. We'll talk more about that here later on this week. And and after this split, I mean, there were some good vibes. We're going to save a lot of that for the final segment of today's podcast. But you had a homer by Aristides Aquino, the Punisher, back-to-back with Suarez on the Monday game, really thought that that was going to get the bats going to a win. But Jay Happ, the guy who, for the most part, was getting drilled by every lineup in the American League, shut down the Reds lineup. And Tyler Malley, who had been shutting down a bunch of opponents, threw a lot of pitches in four innings. And that is why he got pulled so early on Monday. Wade Miley, on the other hand, on Tuesday... Mally Miley. It's always funny how the Reds do that, but Wade Miley on Tuesday, seven strong innings. He gave up that two-run home run to Jeffers for the Twins, but limited the damage like he has been doing all season long. Great performance by him. It's just, you know, the bullpen did what the bullpen does and blows the decision for him because he had uh, the Reds had a five-run lead going into the eighth. Five runs. You figure that's safe. Not with this bullpen. This bullpen has been phenomenally terrible. Worst ERA in the major leagues for any bullpen. And a lot of that has to go on the ownership. The fact that they decided they didn't want to pay for the bullpen. They didn't want to pay for relievers. They cut Rysel, or I mean, they paid the Angels to take Rysel Iglesias off their hands. They cut Archie Bradley so they didn't have to pay him. And now they've been stuck with all of these just hodgepodge guys where, yeah, you'll get a couple of good performances from guys like Heath Embry and Brad Brock and Art Warren. But for the large part, if you look at a bigger sample, maybe five, six appearances, he's going to have one or two good ones and one or two stinkers and then a couple of just mediocres. That's just the way that this is going to go. So can the Reds get there with this? Don't think so. They're going to need to make some moves. We'll talk a lot about that here coming up in just a moment, though. The series as a whole, though, splitting it, disappointing, man. Disappointing. I'll tell you what, though. Something that's not disappointing is building your savings through investments. And I got a great tool for you. That's Wealthfront. Check out Wealthfront.com 
slash locked on MLB today, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. And all you need is $500 to get started. What Wealthfront does is they take your money and they put it into a portfolio of diversified low-cost index funds. I know that's like a lot of big words. Basically, they're going to help you grow your savings based on preferences that you set. And you're not going to have to worry about like day trading or monitoring the stock market on a daily basis or, or knowing terms like bear and bull. Like if you hear those and you think Chicago sports teams, Wealthfront can help you out. Go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. Over $20 billion of assets are entrusted to Wealthfront. They can help you out too. Go to W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash MLB today to get started growing your savings with Wealthfront. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so the biggest bugaboo for the Reds this season has been their pitching. The lineup has been talented and has scored plenty of runs. If you look up the statistics on them, that's good vibes, baby. They score runs, and they do it in bunches. They just don't prevent them. And in fact, you kind of look at the bullpen and you say, is it all their fault? I think part of it has to do with the starting pitching not going deep into games. When you look at the 72 games that have been played so far this season, 51 of them, the Reds have not gone six innings with their starter. There's only been 21 games where Red starters have gone six innings or more, and you only have nine games where they've gone seven innings, or I'm sorry, 10 games where they've gone seven innings or more. That's just not getting the job done. And I know that in this day and age, you look at analytics and what they say the third time through the order and things like that. So when you've got guys who harp on the, man, stars need to pitch more, and you've got other folks that say, well, if you go the third time through the order, that's not a good thing. That's true with the Reds, too. I mean, in over 300 plate appearances, starting pitchers for the Reds the third time through the order are allowing a batting average of 275 and an OPS of close to 800. It's not good. So they're going to limit that. But the way that you look at a starting pitcher who goes at least six innings is that he's being pitch efficient. He's not trying to strike out every guy at the plate and giving up walks when he shouldn't be. He's doing what Wade Miley does. Wade Miley has been phenomenal at that, limiting the walks, limiting the hard contact, and getting outs when he needs them. Tyler Malley on Monday, that was the biggest problem. He had 95 pitches in four innings. Yeah, he had eight strikeouts. But whenever he needed a quick inning, it, it was like he couldn't do it. He was just nibbling around the strike zone trying to get that K. And that's been a problem for them most of the season. So that is 51 games in which they are asking the bullpen to at least get 10 outs. On any team, whether they've got a super talented bullpen or a bullpen like the Reds, asking them to get 10 outs that many times on a regular basis is tough 
stuff, you know? I mean, when you're looking at it and you say, okay, what is taxing on a bullpen? It's high leverage situations and on a nightly basis. The Reds have had a lot of those. Yeah, they fared well in run one run game so far, and they've done well in extra innings games, Monday night notwithstanding. But that is going to take its toll as the season progresses. We're not even to the all-star break yet, and you're looking at a lot of innings for guys in the bullpen. And part of it has been uh, just the quality of performance. I have mentioned this before, and whether it be in just passing conversation on Twitter or whatever, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, the Reds, by not paying for relievers and by adding the guys that they did the way that they did, it's kind of like a garage sale of relievers. And that's not to be insulting. I don't mean to insult any guys on the Reds bullpen. But when you look at the fact that without Michael Lorenzen because of injury for most of this year, they've only really had two guys that they can count on, TJ Antone and Lucas Sims. Because of that, TJ Antone has already had a stint on the injured list. And Lucas Sims here recently hasn't been quite as effective, friend of the podcast. He had a rough outing on Tuesday. And mostly that's just because whenever he is being called upon, he is looked at as the guy that can shut the door in every situation. And he's never really had that role before. This is his first year doing that. I love the idea of David Bell, the way that he manages his bullpen. He wants multiple guys that he can trust. The front office just isn't giving him those guys. You don't want Keith Hembry, Brad Brock, Sean Doolittle, those guys. You don't want to give a ton of like high leverage situations to those guys, but the Reds have to because it's been set up that way. And when I look at those two dudes that um, I just mentioned, Keith Emery and Brad Brock, the fact that they've given some nice performances has upped their amount of pitching, and we're going to see some struggles coming from that. I mean, Keith Emery has already shown that he has plenty of propensity to allow the long ball. they got a couple of numbers for you, too. When you're looking at this bullpen, even though they have largely uh, been terrible, the numbers kind of show that it's just been even worse. When you look at them, they pitch 92 and a third less innings than the starters have. And red starters have allowed less earned runs. In fact, they've allowed a total of seven less earned runs in 92 and a third innings more. I don't know about you. And I know that counting can be hard sometimes, but that seems off because the bullpen has allowed 174 earned runs and the starters have allowed 167 in 92 and a third innings more. Or, you know, the equivalent of 10 more games started plus a couple innings on top of that. The other problem that the bullpen has had is walks. They've allowed way too many walks. Coming into Tuesday night, the bullpen had allowed 152 walks compared to the starters, 149. Wade Miley didn't allow a walk yesterday. Art Warren and those guys, TJ Antone, they came in and they, they, they were pitching for strikeouts and they didn't get some of them. It's been frustrating to watch and it's going to continue. Ownership has to help out. They have to kind of take the reins off the wallet go and spend some money on some relievers 
because Lucas Sims and TJ Antone are not going to be able to be the two guys day in and day out whenever this is the first time that they've really been called on to do that. I want them to be. I want them to be able to close each and every game out, but they've already shown wear and tear. Michael Lorenzen is said to be back after the All-Star break. Can they hang on that long? I don't know, but I do know this. When you're talking about a bullpen that has struggled, you got to look at the pitchers, the individuals who have been the key catalysts of those struggles. They've already gotten rid of some of them and Carson Fulmer and Sal Romano and Jose De Leon and Cam Bedrosian and guys like that. In fact, when you look at it, the Reds have already used 26 pitchers this year. Now, some of them have been position players, but overall, they used a total of 28 pitchers in 2019, or sorry, 2018. 2018 was not a good year. They lost 95 games that year. And they've almost used as many pitchers as that season has. It's not a good comparison. Hopefully they can figure it out because when you look at how you fix the bullpen, it's kind of like how you eat an elephant one bite at a time. The Reds have to make moves and take it one day at a time. And it's got to start with pruning some of the relievers who have not been useful. We got to be serious and objective about this because it's going to involve two guys who have big names when it comes to fandom and, and in the sport of baseball. The first guy is Sean Doolittle. He's a little bit obvious because of his performances this season have been just awful. But when you dig deeper, it's not really getting any better. He allows way too much hard contact, an average of 93.7 miles an hour on the average exit velocity allowed. That's seventh worse in all of Major League Baseball based on at least 50 batted ball events. There are only six players, six pitchers in all of Major League Baseball that have a worse average exit velocity allowed than Sean Doolittle. Plus, he still kind of walks some people. And the only thing that he does is he throws a 91 to 92 mile an hour fastball that doesn't move in the middle of the zone. He still has that mindset. He still has that mantra of a closer to challenge the hitter that he's better than the hitter with his fastball. And he's not. He's throwing basically a BP fastball in 2021, and he throws it 91% of the time. According to Baseball Savant, he has thrown a curveball approximately 9% of the rest of the time. But for the most part, he has relied completely on that fastball that has just been crushed time in and time out. The worst stat on him by far, though, is his inherited runner score. He's gotten 13 inherited runners so far this season. 11 of them have scored. Now, does that can that improve? Sure. But that's 85% of guys who are already on base when little comes into the game, he's letting them cross the plate. That's bad. The Reds need to move on from Sean Doolittle. And they need to move on from him right now. The other guy that I look at from maybe that the Reds need to move on from is Amir Garrett. And that's going to touch a soft spot for some fans because a lot of people like Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett does a lot of great things in the community. He's a very likable personality. He is the kind of guy who endeared himself to Reds fans after fighting the Pirates. Yes, not, not specific Pirates, fighting the whole team. We all remember that happening. But when you take that aside, when you look at his numbers, Dude has over a nine ERA. That's kind of an unreliable statistic for relievers. So I'll look at a couple of other ones. 
let's say average exit velocity allowed 92 and a half, just a tick below Sean Doolittle. In fact, he is 17th worse in all of major league baseball. So there's only 16 pitchers who are worse at allowing average, average exit velocity than Amir Garrett and his walk percentage. Another key statistic for relievers. When you look at strikeout percentage, walk percentage, hard contact allowed and inherited runners, Amir Garrett is walking 15% of the batters that he sees. That is just unacceptable and bottom 5% of major league baseball. It's got to improve, but will it? It's been a while. We're almost to July. How much longer does he need to show that he can pitch in high leverage situations? I get it. He ended the game on Tuesday and he helped the Reds get that win. But are we really going to trust him night in and night out? Are there players that are probably better than him right now on the Reds roster or in their organization? Can you really argue that there aren't? That's some questions that Nick Crawl and David Bell and the guys in charge need to answer because I think there might be. I, I don't. I, I just. I just don't understand continuing to run guys out there based on their name only. I, I know David Bell said in the pregame leading up to the coverage on 700 WLW on Tuesday that he thought that Sean Doolittle was maybe a tweak or an adjustment away from just having it all figured out. And unless that tweak is he gets his fastball back up to like 98, 99 miles an hour, it ain't going to work. It's time to move on. And the Reds need to be honest about that. If they're going to win this year, they've got to be honest about the talent on the roster. I think they've done that so far. They need to continue to do it and not base playing time off of fan popularity. They need to base it off of wins and losses. You know, like what the Tampa Bay Rays do. They're pretty good at that sort of thing. All right, that's enough of that. That's really serious talk. I know we're talking about getting rid of guys. I I, I hate doing that. I always do because I love baseball. It's entertaining. It's fun. You got to have some fun. We're going to have some positive vibes here in just a second. But first, I've got to tell you about one of the sponsors for today's podcast, and that is betonline.ag. It's my favorite sports book and the only online sports book that I trust and you should too. They've got great lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. They've even got like horse racing and fighting, whether it be MMA or boxing. You've got even reality TV, which I don't know why you bet on that, but if you want to, you can do it at betonline.ag. Go there, set up your profile today, and type in the promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. That's right, money just for typing in some letters. That's locked on for 50% more on your initial deposit. Plus, from time to time, I'll give you a tip or two about a game that I'm looking at and help you make a couple of bucks that day. I don't have any for you right now, but I will hear later on this week. So check out betonline.ag today. Set up your profile and type in the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. That's betonline.ag and the promo code locked on. Also, if you're looking for a part for your car, check out rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need, and they're serious about that. Whether you're looking for a brake pad, a tail light, maybe you'll need a muffler, maybe you need carpet. They've got all of that. They and they can help you whether you've got a classic car, whether you've got a daily driver, if you're looking for an old Chevelle parts for an old Chevelle or parts for a 2021 Honda Civic. They've got it all. And they've got an easy to use interface to help you find exactly 
what you're looking for, whether you know the brand of your part and you have your favorite one or you're a novice and you're not really sure what you're looking for, they can help you out. They're family owned and have been doing this for over 20 years. They can help you. Go to rockauto.com today. And in the checkout section, in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff sent you from the Locked On Reds podcast. That's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section, in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On. Rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need. All right, we've got to end today on some positive notes because I, I'm an optimist. And I know that this is not the most optimistic podcast for my first YouTube, uh, my foray into doing YouTube. So let's end on some good notes. I'm looking at a couple of guys. Number one is a Eugenio Suarez. Over the last couple of days, he's had some hits. He's kind of ticking that average up ever so slightly. I know it's still 177. It's still below 200. You still want to see more. And there's still some pitches that it just looks like he doesn't see them. And he swings over top of them or he swings right through it. Something like that. But he's getting a lot better. There's been some up in the zone pitches that he was chasing really early on in the season. He's no longer chasing those. He looks a little bit more loose at the plate. I'm hoping that that just continues to get better because the Reds need Gino. And we're kind of getting to the point where it's almost like, do they trade him? I know that's kind of a weird thought because he's got such a team-friendly deal. And like a year and a half ago, we were talking about him being the face of the franchise, kind of taking over for Joey Votto. Now we're looking at, should the Reds trade a Eugenio Suarez? That's weird. So keep getting better, Gino. We want you to stay. Speaking of people getting better, Tucker Barnhart had a three-hit day on Tuesday. Tucker Barnhart has endeared himself to everybody with his defense. He's a two-time Gold Glove winner. He should definitely be a finalist this year, if not win it for a third time. But hear me out on this one. The bat is good. He's hitting 271 now after this three-hit affair. He had a home run off of uh, twin starter uh, Bailey Ober. So... What do you know about Tucker Barnhart? The Reds have a team option on him this year. This is the last year of his contract except for that option. If they pick it up, they pay him $7.5 million to play for them in 2022. I'm to the point where I think that that should happen. At the beginning of the season, we all were talking about how it's time for him to move on. It's time for this to be the last year of Tucker Barnhart and have Tyler Stevenson take over in 2022 full-time. There's been two things that have happened, though. The renaissance of Tucker and the introduction of Tyler Stevenson to first base. He has shown to be a competent defender there. And if you can continue to get his bat into the lineup with the DH coming next season so that Joey Votto can maybe play some DH and get out of the field from time to time and you keep Tyler Stevenson's bat in the lineup and that amazing batter's eye that he has, he sees those pitches and he hits them hard. I'd love to keep him in the lineup as much as possible, but I'd also love to have Tucker for 2022 because Nick Lodello and Hunter Green are more than likely going to be a part of the Reds' plans next year. They've been pitching amazing in AAA, or Hunter Green in AAA now, and Nick Lodello in AA as he's dealing with blisters and trying to get that all taken care of. I'm sure he's going to be in AAA very soon. But with Tucker in tow, He's going to be able to mentor those guys. He's going to be able to lead them through the rookie season and hopefully continue to use that reawoken bat now that he is officially full-time a left-handed hitter. Plus, you can keep that righty-lefty platoon with Tyler Stevenson. I, I, I think the days 
of everyday catchers are over. I, I think it's almost like if you look at the NFL and you look at running backs, the bell cows who carry every single carry every single game are few and far between. Like with Major League Baseball, I think everyday catchers are a thing of the past. We've seen great stretches from Buster Posey, but he's at the end of his career. They're playing him at first base some and just trying to get him in the lineup. If you can do that early on for Tyler Stevenson, not ask him to kill his knees every single day and keep him in the lineup by playing him at first base, that seems like a win-win for the Reds. So I think they pick up that option on Tucker Barnhart. One more guy that I want to get to and we'll be out of here. And that was the debut in a Reds uniform in regular season play of Josh Osich. Two and a third, scoreless. Looked all right. I mean, I'm not going to say that he was amazing, but he looked better than Sean Doolittle has, and he's got more pitches. He doesn't just throw a flat, slow fastball in the middle of the zone. He's got breaking stuff. He's got a changeup. Looks like he could be a competent bullpen arm for this team. Could they get rid of Sean Doolittle and replace him with Josh Osich? I think so. I love the idea that the Reds have different players that they can go to. And I think it's hilarious because whenever Osich was called up, really got to make sure I over enunciate that name because you can really mess that up. But whenever he was called up, pretty much everybody and their brother was like, who, why, why is this guy getting called up? What about him or this guy or that guy? Hopefully he continues to prove people wrong because it would be invaluable to actually have a good left-hander coming out of the Reds' bullpen. And we're going to end on that. I thank you so much for listening today. Now, since you've listened to the Locked On Reds podcast, I implore you, go check out the Locked On MLB podcast as Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, with a wealth of baseball knowledge, both present and past, takes a look at the league and imparts his knowledge to you each and every day. That's the Locked On MLB podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. That's going to do it for us here today, though. Make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and you follow the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for watching, for listening. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.